people are just not as tolerant as, as they used to be. And why is that? Well, we're living in it through a pandemic at the moment and it's having a huge effect on people at home and at work and in their relationships, whether they're homeschooling, and all of that is affecting their state. So they, they're not tolerant, they state their view, this is the way it is, because that's how they get by, that's what they need. They need some certainty. And the only thing they can be certain about is their own position, their own thoughts, their own feelings. And that's why it may appear that they are forcing their view and they're not willing to talk about the grey. Welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast with business strategist, speaker and author Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert-led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. Hey, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Today, we're talking to Sandy Brown. Sandy is a mediation trainer, a solicitor and a speaker, and her business is legal mediation. And we have a really important conversation about how can we use the tools of mediation, tools of questioning, of state management, of conflict resolution to de-escalate conflict at work or at home. Hi, welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Gavin Preston here. Great that you're joining us today. Thank you so much for coming back and uh, supporting and listening to the Business Mastermind Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Sandy Brown. Um, the reason I reached out to speak to Sandy is she is an expert in mediation. At a time when uh, some of our normal face-to-face interactions, all of our normal face-to-face interactions are heavily curtailed, that we are communicating through Zoom, through Teams, etc., more and more it's harder to get some of that uh, nuances out of communication out of an interaction that you would have got face to face and in addition to that I see an increasing polarization of people's views uh, expressed on social media you're either with me or against me and I think more than ever in business in life in relationships we need the skill the art of mediation so thank you for your time today Sandy and welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. No, thank you for having me, Kevin. So first of all, share a little of your background and where on that journey you got fascinated on that legal career, you got fascinated with mediation. Yes, absolutely. So I think, you know, looking back, I think I was always born to be a mediator, um, but I didn't quite realise that until later on in life. So since I was a child, I was mediating between my parents. So they would they would argue like cats and dogs. And I had to find ways and skills of keeping them apart and maybe passing messages between them. And I, I remember I used to get my mom in the kitchen and then go and have a chat with her, keep her a bit distracted. And then at the right time, 
go off to my dad and then keep him distracted. And I would diffuse the argument. So, but it was only a, a lot later on in life that I realized once I became a solicitor, probably one of the reasons I became a litigation solicitor dealing with lots of disputes. It's only then that I realized that actually mediation is the key. Because even after you've resolved a, a litigation dispute, people still do not feel heard and understood. And they need, um, they need that validation. And that's when I realized the power of mediation. Those three words to me are so critical to the success of any relationship, whether it be business or personal, you know, heard, understood and validation. Yes. absolutely critical aren't they and you I, I've come across many occurrences both in personal relationships talking to others and coaching others through challenges within that but also specifically with business relationships and that the, these words heard understood validated come out so many times as actually when they're not there that's often the cause of a, a breakup whether that be business or personal a hundred percent agree with that. I mean, you must have come across this saying, we, we listen to reply, not to understand. And, and if only we switch that and, and we really listened, we think we're listening, but is it active listening? And then say, say you are really good at listening, which I, a lot of people are. Are we then acknowledging? Are we then giving people the space to say what they want to say, to hear themselves saying it and then for us to validate without judgment um because when you give that space when you put attention to the point they've just made somebody whether consciously unconsciously on the receiving end of that goes uh, i'm i'm now being heard i'm now being understood okay and my point whether it's agreed with or not is yeah. being acknowledged and validated that's it you've you've said it succinctly that's exactly right people want that reassurance that they've heard they've been heard their opinions matter you know without judgment you know what they say is their feelings at that time doesn't mean it's going to be for the rest of the day but that's how they feel at that time and telling someone they shouldn't feel that way or they shouldn't have that opinion you know, it's, it's actually counterproductive. You need to actually let people express themselves before then asking a bit more about where that comes from, where, is it, where it stems from. Um, and uh, then maybe you can help them if they want help. We all assume people want help and want to be mediated. <laughs> But unfortunately, some people just want to be right and have their point, well, their point, win over and above rather than you know a two-way engagement and a two-way debate um in the world let, let, let's the scope of the, this podcast is around I was business. Say, before you move on i i think what you've said is so profound because it gives people a sense of identity and they say this is what i think this is how i feel as you were saying on social media then it's it's giving them a sense of identity and then they're using that as as the way forward you know they, to push they their opinions, like you said, um, uh, when we when we discussed this matter briefly, you know, it gives people a sense of importance to think they're not following the the norm. I've seen so much over, you know, recent uh, world events and UK events where we've had a referendum, elections, um, Brexit, uh, coronavirus, and restrictions on our ways of life. 
I see increasingly polarized views being expressed, debate, no, not debated, being stated on social media. And there seems to be a real level of heightened emotion behind it, whether you're with me or you're not, it's either black or it's white. And if you're on the other side, then you're to be um, pilloried for being on the other side rather than a debate around nuances about areas of gray etc and and have you seen that show up in business disputes absolutely i I'm, i talk to hr and i talk to ceos um you know on a, on a weekly basis and what i'm hearing is people are not tolerant people are just not as tolerant as, as they used to be and why is that well we're living in a, through a pandemic at the moment and it's having a huge effect on people at home and at work and in their relationships, whether they're homeschooling, and all of that is affecting their state. So they, they have, they're not tolerant. They state their view. This is the way it is because that's how they get by. That's what they need. They need some certainty. And the only thing they can be certain about is their own position, their own thoughts, their own feelings. And that's why it may appear that they are forcing their view and they're not willing to talk about the grey, as, as you said. Don't you know that's fascinating, that point that you just made about they need certainty. In a world of uncertainty, you need certainty. But the way they get some of that certainty is to take an idea or a forming opinion go and seek evidence and make it a firm opinion or belief and then back that with conviction and that yes. gives them the certainty. It gives them certainty. It gives them a sense of uh, significance, purpose, um, in, in a place where they're not feeling that. You know, if they've been furloughed or they're working from home, suddenly, yes, they are managing a team, but they're managing a team via Zoom. How do they exert their authority, their, their importance? And, and we all need that. We all need to feel important in, in what we do, in our jobs, in our life. And when, when it's taken away from us, this is how we tend to react. Sure. Um, so given that people, are, in order to get that certainty, they've put more uh, energy behind creating the strength of opinion and trenching them in the opinion to give them that certainty. How do you mediate from that when somebody is, yeah, they've dug themselves into that <laughs> point of argument, that position. Well, what would the advice be for someone looking to try and bring a team together to create, a, you know, a, a, an agreement on the way forward? You know, what would your steps be around a, a process for mediation? Well, that that is an excellent question. And I wish I could just give you uh, one answer, you know, this is the best way to mediate. And I think it does depend on the situation, of course, um, but I can I can offer some hopefully some words of wisdom that your listeners can take away and maybe try and implement straight away to see if it works for them. And I think uh, the first thing I should say before before anything is when you listen to something that you don't like or when you hear a statement, whether it's your child saying the teacher hates me or an employee being difficult and the manager saying this employee is unreasonable whatever you may hear or vice versa let's just acknowledge that first of all whatever whatever the you know whatever your view let's acknowledge that affirm and and really just give them that space that validation as, as we discussed and then we can ask some questions and to to find out more about 
what the dispute is, what they're feeling, why they're feeling it, and, and dig deeper, go through that funnel and, and find out, get to the root cause of what this is about. That, that is absolutely, you know, th those two things to begin with. And of course, you know, then you can explore and consider a different alternatives, options to resolving the dispute. But first of all, just pause and don't just react because reaction is innate but you can control your response. So that that's, um, sorry, I went off on a bit of a tangent. No, no, there. but that is, that is such a crucial about point that. about that pause okay. before you react. You know, so much of our responses, our behavioral responses are habitual. They are our most practiced behavior. Stimulus or, you know, trigger response, trigger, trigger response. And what most people don't realize is, and, and, and that, that practice of behavior could come because you've seen your parents respond in the same way, or it's been a, the way that you have learned has worked in the past in one relationship or earlier in this relationship or at one employment has caused your brain has learned to response that works and the brain goes through the path of least resistance. Yes. But you have got, and it takes awareness, this moment of pausing, just stopping yourself, as you say, to go, if I go down that well-trodden path, I can predict the outcome. I could now choose a more considered response, a more calmer response. Yes, but you know, I'm going to talk about these these things in, in a minute about state because it's not always easy to do when you're busy and you're rushing and you've got a deadline and you know, can you, you know, yeah, yeah, you we all know mediation, then we should pause and react. You know, that's not the real world. We don't do that. But it's interesting what you said, some of the behaviors we've picked up about our reaction is through our childhood or it is through learned behaviors of you know social media, TV, our colleagues, our peers, and Yes, you know, reaction is automatic, but you can control your response. And I think sometimes what helps is if you repeat what the person has said. So I often find when I'm extremely busy, um, you know, and I'm in, in, having a meeting and, and someone's complaining about someone else, I say, okay, just, just repeat what they've just said, because it almost stops you from reacting. So if you hear That's the word, such a good you're, tip. you're late, you know, if, if you're, you, you go, you know, you want to say, you know, an employee, you're late, just repeat, I'm late, you're late, you said I'm late. And then then that will give you time to, to process, see if they want to find out why you're late. Because someone could be late for a number of reasons and someone could declare to another person, you're late for a number of reasons. It's not necessarily about them. And um, would you say that, that repeat, is it internally in your own head or do you say it out loud? Um, I, I would say out loud. So if so, give me an example of something you may hear. So let's let's try this in in working practice. Um, well, let, let's take it a place of work. Yeah, you're late is a very common example. Or uh, you're not you you this work isn't to the right standard. You're not taking enough care about your work. Yeah. Uh, great, great ones. So, so both of them, on both of them. So imagine a situation where an employee's rushed around, you know, she's had all sorts of things going on um, at home. She's homeschooling and she's late for work. She walks in and her boss says to her, you are late. Now, normally, most people would respond to say, oh, the reason I'm late is because I'm going to big explanation about it. Um, or they try and defend themselves. Sure. But actually, if you just repeat, um, I'm late, or if you were to repeat, 
um, yes, I am late, that and pause, that would then make her boss explain his thinking behind. So if he wants an explanation, why are you late? He'll, he'll then ask. But he may just say, you're, you know, he may have said you're late. We, we are being audited. So he's got a different agenda. It's not all about you. But you wouldn't know that if you went into a big explanation to defend yourself or you, or you reacted ang angrily and said, well, you know, what do you mean I'm late? I, I work three hours overtime all the time. And, you know, I'm on Zoom till 11 o'clock at night. You, you know, you could go into a big defence and, and react and, you know, and just go, do you know, I'm going to give up. I'm going to leave. How dare I be pulled up for being late? When actually it may be nothing to do with you. It may be something completely different but it also de-escalates the energy doesn't it because if if you meet the statement or the challenge you're late with a defense um yes but and then you real list out the different the defense you're meeting the same level of energy with a pushback you know and two lots of pushback it, it, it's an upward upward escalation whereas yeah. you know your, your suggestion there of just saying yes i am late you're admitting it, you're acknowledging it, yes. and it immediately takes the heat out of it, doesn't it? It takes the energy out of it. Yes, uh, absolutely. And it and it does put the onus back on the other person to see what, you know, let's be curious what they're going to say. Let's, we always assume, you know, we especially in conflict, we assume the other person is like this. Um, they said this for a reason, they've done this several times before. Let's not assume, let's be curious. You know, uh, even if you've had this conversation 10 times before, you know it how it's going to go. Let's come up from a place of being open minded and finding out more information rather than just going in and reacting or trying to resolve the issues straight away. So I always say, first of all, the best thing a, a person can do is control their state. You know, that is control, um, you know, their own, you know, morning routine, their own habits, because that will set them up for the day, no matter what, with, with their children or with work. And that's extremely important, because if you can calm your breathing, calm your state, you're more likely to react in a, in a more effective manner or, or respond, should I say, in a more effective manner. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. Um, I, I'm, I'm just smiling as I play back a little incident as a family incident we had at the weekend, all trying to go out, the four of us on a bike ride. And then they, our, my three and a half year old decided his legs were too tired. And we had 20 minutes of proper full on tantrum before we even got to the end of the street. Either this cycling helmet all of a sudden didn't fit or because of lockdown, his hair's in his eyes and, and uh, that his legs are tired. And I'm just smirking to myself thinking, I could have repeated back calmly, your legs are tired. 
but I was wanting us all to go out for a bike ride and have a nice family out outing that would have culminated in an ice cream by the beach near where we yeah. live, and that didn't happen. And so I'm just trying to work out in that circumstances. Um, I think there is that piece around keeping calm to take the energy out of that tantrum. Um, yes. But <laughs> I would, the fact that he said his legs are tired, I think uh, it would I'd just, yeah, your legs are tired. I, suppose yeah. I could have said if I used my proper coaching brain, how good's it get? I don't know. You can reason with a three-year-old. I'm going off down a tangent, but I'm just trying no, to always no, trying to no, think no, about no. it with children yeah. and tantrums. I would say let have fun with all these skills and things you hear. If something resonates with you, even while someone's listening to this now, try it out. You know, maybe you need to adapt it. There is no one secret. I would say the secret is the three-second pause before you respond but really there is no secret you know some people are more visual some people auditory kinesthetic so you know someone might say I see I see what you're saying or I hear what you're saying from from those words you can try and gauge how best to communicate with them so I was going to say about state and then words the words we use sure um, and to try and really understand, if, especially if you're having an ongoing conflict with someone, let's try and really understand that person. Do they process information, you know, visually or, you know, do they prefer to talk later on in the day? Because you're going to have a far more effective conversation with someone if you if you know them. If you And again, with your children, try and get to know your children. I, you know, I'm still learning. I'm not the perfect parent. Um and, you know, my son and I, this is going to make, make you laugh. Sometimes if we've had an argument and we don't have time to respond or, sorry, resolve it, okay, because uh, all this is mediation stuff is great in theory, but there's the reality. We just say a word, okay, and I'll tell you what, which word it is, which means we're just going to stop and we will deal with that issue later, okay? Especially if it's something can, that can wait. It's, you know, who's forget who's right or who's wrong. So if I said... You know, you didn't put your iPad on charge. And he says, no, mum, you were going to put it on charge. No, you were going to put it on charge. And now you're late for your Zoom lesson. And um, you can imagine this is going to escalate. You just say banana. Oh, I love it. Okay, that's it. That's almost like a truce. It's like, okay, we don't know who was right or wrong. We don't know whose fault it is. We don't have time to resolve this right now. Let's just get on. And I found that that works really well with him. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking that on. <laughs> I mean, no, it's good. I, I, I smile as well because uh, uh, it's my wife has got a wonderful tendency of um, uh, repeating not only my sentences, my syllables. I don't even get a syllable out before she's already assumed that she's a hundred miles an hour ahead of where I am. So some family friends suggested that our our word would be pineapple. So if I said pineapple, <laughs> she knows that she's doing it. So there's a there's a fruit theme here. There's so a back, fruit theme. Well, you know, whatever works. Whatever, whatever works. works. So back to the world of uh, let's say we've got a, a dispute in in business, whether it be between employer and employee, or whether it be between you know supplier customer arrangement. Um, what are some of the ways that yes, I can think the pausing, the repeating back works. But let, let's say you've got a difference of opinion because your customer believes you've not delivered to quality, for example, uh, or the, uh, whether that be product or service, but you believe that you or your member of your team has delivered to quality and service, et cetera. Um, the customer has got quite um, um, emotional or irate about it. Yeah. So how could a supplier who also is entrenched in their position, how could 
you know, one side of that start, let's say the customer didn't want to ruin the relationship or the, the supplier didn't want to ruin the relationship. Once they've paused, they've repeated back, so you're not happy with the customer service, what could they do next? Yes, so I would say don't, don't just stop there. You really need to understand what, why that person is um, upset, angry, annoyed, dissatisfied. And in order to resolve whatever the issue is, leaving aside whether you think who, you know, who's right and who's wrong, you really do need to try and understand that customer. Okay, and the only way you're going to do that is by asking questions and not making any assumptions and, and, and genuinely finding out what's important to that customer. You know, what is the outcome? And the, the outcome may just be, I just want my money back. Okay, but before you even go there and throw money at them, uh, which a lot of companies do, and you know, they're like, oh, we normally only offer 50 quid, we offered him 150 quid and he still won't take it. Why is that? Why is that? It's because the customer is not feeling heard and understood. The customer needs to rant by, you know, ideally have, have the face-to-face conversation via Zoom now in the world we live in and find out, mirror the anger that they are feeling. If it's angry, they're feeling. So I can hear you're really annoyed. I can see, I can hear you're really annoyed. You know, how is this affecting you? And let them Go, go, you know, let them go on. That you may think that's dangerous, but actually, let's go into their world and find out why they are so angry. And you may find actually, yes, they're annoyed with the dis, you know, with the with the uh, service that you're offering or or the product. But it may also be something to do with home, or it may just be a tone of an email they received. Say, I was really particularly annoyed when I got the email back with this word. How dare that? Then you know you're pinning it back to this particular email, which is why it's escalated out of control. Because most people, you know, are are kind, genuine. We're all connected. But even a a calm, genuine person can get annoyed. Like you, you, I could get annoyed when we are not feeling heard or we feel a sense of injustice or something unfair has happened we really need to drill down as to what what is going on with that person and and why and go through the chronology Uh, so that's what I would say you have to take out time to to really understand before you go ahead and try and resolve is that um Dale Carney I think it was Dale Carnegie, or it's either that or um, Stephen Covey Habits of Seven Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But it was like seek first to understand rather than yes. um, than be understood. Yes. Uh, and, and a phrase that I use quite a lot is that we assume that in any one moment a person's behaviour is the right refer, right response for them. So that yes. assumption is followed by the question: What must be going on in their world for that behaviour to be the right response? Yeah, I love that absolutely. Uh, well said and well timed to say that because that is true you know who are we to be judge and jury you don't know how stressed they are and this one thing could just have tipped them over the edge so be kind be be connected try and understand um, you know the the human side even if someone's being in what you would term as unreasonable you know it's their motivation uh, behind it and I do there's um, a resource I come across recently there's a lady called Katie Byron the four questions she's written oh, yeah. a book yeah. uh, that I would recommend that to any anyone listening and it really makes you examine your thought about what someone has said 
and and is it is it really what they meant to say you know you know when, when you say oh this has happened three times this person definitely doesn't like me do they do, don't they like me or don't I like them oh okay? so, yeah I can't do justice in in this call uh, uh, with Katie Byron but uh, it I would definitely have a look at that. And there's also the NLP techniques. And this is what I lo love about mediation. There's not just one way. Yeah. You, you know, you can use lots of techniques. There's NLP, there's Katie Byron, there's law of attraction. If, if you're always complaining, you're going to bring about situations where people are complaining even more. If I'm complaining all the time, I'm bringing about that in my life, in my existence, because we, we create our own reality. And if I'm, if I'm always complaining and I'm always saying I'm late, then guess what happens? That keeps happening more and more because I'm focusing on that. And that's not some wishy-washy, I mean, you know, this does come from law of attraction, comes from the secret, but it's actually pure science as well. And it makes business sense. Whatever you focus on, um, you're going to attract more of. We all know focused work means we get stuff done without distraction. So it's you know, cut down, it's, it's the same concept. So I would always say control, control how you, you know, your state. This is also from Tony Robbins, who I'm a big fan of. I don't know if you've heard of Tony Robbins, but he always talks about state and the language we use. Because a word to me, if I said to you, to you that is disrespectful, that could mean something very different to me than it means to you. And that's why when someone says that's, re you know, you're being totally disrespectful, I would often say to them, okay, um, disrespectful, t tell me a bit more about that. And then you'll find out, and you, and you might think, you know, that's not disrespectful. I'm sure that's not the definition of disrespect, but it's, it's their definition, it's their world. So, you know, the words we use are extremely, extremely important. And if, if you actually do dig into because it's so powerful to do that so i love the point you said about root cause which links to that so what do you mean by disrespectful you might find that the solution to the problem is in order to demonstrate respect they want to be back to our early comments they want to be listened to and feelings validated and then a, an apology an apology costs nothing so everybody thinks that there might be you know sums of money that have to put this in this example of a customer service problem right not yeah. necessarily if somebody is understood that that's right you you you, you know a, an apology can do wonders Abs absolute wonders and if you find out what just you know like I said let's stick with that word disrespectful what does it mean and 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 ask genuinely can you know I, I said you I heard you say disrespectful would you mind if I just check what do you mean by that not what do you mean by you know just you know, how do you define it? I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, just be come from a place of curiosity so the person feels okay. You, this person's really trying to understand where I'm coming from. Um, and and uh, how many times have you heard? It's not about the money. It's not. It's the principle of the matter. Absolutely. So it's, it's the same thing. I forgot to say. So I'm I'm Sandy Brown from Legal Mediation. I don't think I said. Hello, that. hello, Sandy. <laughs> I just went straight into it, which is just goes to show because for me this is. This is an, an inner need that has to be met. You don't, you know, the mediators are not the best earners in the planet, okay? But um, for me, so I'm Sandy Brown Legal Mediation. I also work as a litigation solicitor. Now, I deal with family issues, probate, will, you know, uh, uh, litigation boundary disputes. But what I find is the mediation skills are helping me 
in, in order to deal with the legal dispute. So it's all connected. Um, and, and sadly, there's been so many deaths due to the pandemic, which has brought about so many contentious probate disputes. Oh, really? And some of them are just not suitable for the legal arena. What, what you do know, you think's caused a higher amount of cases that are contentious? Well, for, for example, people weren't expecting people to pass away during the pandemic. And so if someone has passed away, they haven't made a will, or if they've made a will, but they've not said who's going, you know, whether they uh, want to be buried or cremated. Right. And then the siblings, automatically one of them thought, well, I'll look after the ashes. And then the other sibling says, no, I, I wanted to scatter the ashes at mom's favourite place near the sea. Yeah. Now, yeah. they go to solicitors. How can the solicitors really help with that? I'm not saying they can't, because I'm a solicitor myself, okay? And I've been, I've been a solicitor for over 14 years now. And it's always good to get legal advice, don't get me wrong. But that kind of dispute is very suitable for mediation, yeah. where, you know, you find out why that was important to the person to have the ashes, you know, and why the other person wants to scatter them. And it, it calls for a discussion. We don't want to discuss things nowadays because we're too busy. We just want to put it in boxes and move on with our lives. And sadly, life's not like that. As you were saying, there's a grey area that needs discussion um, because we are all connected. But when you do successfully manage to navigate one of those contentious conversations and you know, successfully mediate it, it must be uh, a huge sense of um, pride and, uh, and, and achievement that you've you've achieved a consensus amongst the people that you're working with, you know, the two, the two parties. Yeah, it, it is such an amazing feeling. Like I said, I don't do it for the money. I've, like I said, I'm working as a solicitor. I have my mediation business on the side because I genuinely want to help people to understand each other, to stop having these misunderstandings. And the buzz I get from helping people is actually, you know, is priceless. And it's not really about, look at me, what an amazing mediator I am. I resolve this conflict. It's not that. Those people walk away and that has a ripple effect on their home, their children, so their grandparents. You know, they've had this dispute in their mind, which is so stressful. It's affecting them in, in every way, work, health, mental health, especially during the pandemic. What's happened during the pandemic? Having a dispute during the pandemic, affecting your mental health during the pandemic. And the fact that I can make a difference to help those people come to some kind of an agreement um, or even agree to disagree is, is absolute achievement. But, you know, I, that's credit to people. We don't give enough people, you know, we don't give credit um, enough to people because they are capable of resolving these difficult disputes. They just need guidance. So believe it or not, I speak the least when I'm mediating because it's more about the questions you ask and listening and, and facilitating that those discussions. So the steps you've spoken about uh, during our conversation so far is, you know, obviously you need to listen. Um, the second one is pause. The third is repeat what's being said. And the fourth was look for the root cause behind what's being said. Are there any other steps or tips that you would give people to help solve a problem in, you know, in a mediation fashion? 
Yes, um, as I said, there's so there's so many, and I this is my life's purpose to to find as many different skills and techniques to to help you resolve conflict. I would say especially about the state, controlling your own state. Okay, work yeah. on self care, look after yourself, control your state. We are all living in a, in a very chaotic, unpredictable world where our thoughts are cluttered. Take time if it's meditation, if it's writing in a journal, if it's just going for a walk for 10 minutes so that you can control your own state before you can try and have more effective conversations with other people. So I would say if you, you know, if you're in a dispute with someone or you keep having the same dispute again, you're a common factor, aren't you, in that, in that, in, in that equation. So you, instead of worrying about what the other person is doing, let's, are we doing what we need to do for ourselves? And also, so I would say that's the, the state, you know, and the words and the language we use, and again, where we focus on. So I think I, I believe I touched upon that. Sure. I know I'm going off on a, a tangent. Um, but when you said about uh, listen to a person, not just listen, but connect, connect and appreciate their world. You know, mirror mirror how they're feeling, um, and and also another thing I find is you know to diffuse uh, uh, you know the heat is laughter. Okay, if it's appropriate, you know, especially if it's with your your son. You know, you said his legs are tired. You can acknowledge his legs are tired. You could have said, "Have you got wobbly legs now?" Yeah. You know, we yeah. can just have a bit of fun with it. And uh, you know, if that's if humor's appropriate, um, or, or some kind of distraction to get people out of that awful state, you know, this is happening to me, and this, and just get them out so that they can help themselves, and that you can have a more interesting, effective conversation. Yeah, that the importance of that, that NLP technique of a pattern interrupt to interrupt somebody's negative or disempowering state and so that you can help them change state to a more positive and empowering state to help resolve the, the circumstances is really, really important. I love what you just said because uh, the disempowering state will, will, will matter hugely. If you can change their, their state from something disempowering, it will really help. And I learned that at... Uh, Leadership Academy, uh, it's an, another one of um, oh, for Tony, yeah, Tony, Tony Robbins, yes, uh, you know, it's success resources. They're, they're huge. I know they're not for everyone. He's a loud American guy, but he he talks a lot of sense. And um, for me, it's helped me with mediation. Definitely. Oh, phenomenal! Those those tools are f absolutely phenomenal for um, for mediation. And um, there's another tool that you may have come across in your stuff around NLP. Um, it's called the Meta Model. And it's a it's a language a log, language logic based model that helps you to unpick how somebody's representing their world in their own head, and it always from the first time I learned it really struck me that the barristers in the legal profession should really be adept at applying the meta model to really cut through to the core of what somebody's saying or or, or trying to obfuscate. Yeah, yeah, it's a powerful yeah, model. I, I must look into that because I don't know all I, you know, I don't want you to think I'm an expert. I have invested a number of years into this and it's it's going to be something for me for life. Um, but that reminds me about the perceptual positioning. You must have yeah, yeah. that as well. So, you know. 
I always say if if I do feel in the mediation that you know they're just really at loggerheads, I do get them to stand up. I get them to change seats. Great, love it. I, I yeah, you know, there's a toolbox we have, and it's knowing. Uh, I would say a skillful mediator would know which tool to use in in the situation and if one doesn't work then you need to have another and, tool and of course if it, if one one of the tools that we're not like we can't use just in the moment which is a really powerful one is like okay stand up move around now give yourself a hug give each other a hug <laughs> you know humans we respond to that and it, there are times um in in relationships inside outside of work where that could be the best way of just diffusing a scenario but okay we, we can't use that tool in the toolbox just at the moment but maybe a virtual hug down zoom virtual hug. yeah absolutely i would say don't you know don't limit yourself don't say oh that wouldn't be appropriate for mediation that wouldn't be suitable how do you know you don't know i've i've had situations where people have hugged at the end of mediation or they've said sorry, they've cried, and also the mediator just kind of disappears into the wall. You know, they're like, you yeah. can go now, and they just want to carry on talking, which oh, yeah. is a, a star, absolutely. And um, the only uh, two things I must not forget to say is, is, is we have so many expectations of people. We expect people to be the same as us. You know, the amount of times I've heard, well, you know, he shouldn't have said that, should he? You know, he called me fat shouldn't have called me fat and it's so difficult to not to not just agree with them and you think you know but that's their expectations of people are or should be like this and they shouldn't say this and you shouldn't do this whereas you know having those expectations can cause barriers we do expect people to be like ourselves but people aren't are they (laughs) and I think people forget people forget you know, especially in a business environment, you know, I'm CEO and you're a CEO and, you know, this this is what I expect. But actually expectations are so, so different. And we can't um, control a, another person. You know, there's such a myth of, you know, people, people thinking, oh, I can control that person. I manage that person. No, you can't control anyone. What you can do is influence them, but you cannot control them. Um, and I think that people need to to remember that. And no one likes to be controlled in any event. And if if they detect that, then pe- people just don't like it. They won't accept Completely it. Completely agree. To me, control is about a lack of trust. And um, I, so when I see control issues taking place, I'm thinking I, I also immediately know I'll find trust issues going. And uh, so the, the, the better question is what has to happen for you to gain more trust in your team member, in your s- supplier, whatever it might be. OK, well, this will give me more trust, that'll give me more trust, etc. And that helps to cut through, too. I've just wrote that down, actually. I'm sure, you know, I may have been aware of it at the back of my mind, but you really brought it to the forefront of my mind. Yeah, I think it's a, about this... what control is. You know, control is lack of trust as well. It's many things, but... but yeah, I think, I think, I think the, um, the sister comment that I, I will use around that is that what's blame about. So back to your question around root cause, one of the most technically advanced, sophisticated coaching interventions or questions I was ever taught was... And, and I have to say this in a proper Northern accent because it lands better. <laughs> so what's that all about then? And yeah. really helps you to kind of cut through to the core of what's go- going, you know. So so what's that control all about then? Well, in my mind, 
in often cases about a lack of trust. Blame, similarly. So what's that all about? Blame's about a lack of personal responsibility. I like the analogy that if you're pointing one finger at somebody else, you have three fingers pointing back at yourself. <laughs> yes. And um, yeah. so, so people often don't like the mirror being held up about saying that if they're blaming somebody, well, okay, so what is it that you're not taking responsibility about? Yes, I love that. And what's that all about is, is, a, is a great question. You know, I, there's, I know some variations to that, but that, that's what we need to find out. What's this really about, you know, is, yeah, is what I use. really about? What, I mean, what is this really about? You know, I, I just feel that as long as you've got that rapport, then people can let their guard down. And I think, as you said, Northern accent or, you know, if, you, if we're having this tone of voice, if we're having this tone of do you feel like this? Do you feel like, let's switch it and just go, okay, look, what's this really about? You know, right. and it just, it changes people's state and they're like, oh, oh, I better tell her instead of saying <laughs> story about where I am and how unfair life is. Let me, oh, you know. So I think that quest, that's still a question. Mm-hmm. Still a question. Yeah. So ask more uh, questions. It's powerful, uh, powerful uh, stuff here. So we've talked about the importance of, um, of listening, but then pausing importantly to it to interrupt your default responses, to repeat what has been said to you, you know, that challenge you're late. Oh, yes, I'm late. Um, look for the root cause. So what's that all about then? Um, really to pay attention to control your state. Um, and also remember, you know, get in life what you focus on. So focus on positive outcome. What do you want from this? Yes. Um, oh, these are so powerful um, as as ways of calming people down and mediating a solution to a problem. So if anybody would like to engage your professional help uh, and expertise in the world of mediation, um, whether business or family, how can they get hold of you, Sandy? Oh, that's, ver- that's very kind. So I have a website, it's Legal Mediation, and you can email me, sandy.brown at legalmediation.co.uk. And I also run these monthly, they're free, uh, monthly taster sessions. They're only 60 minutes. So if people want, you know, want to know a bit more about, I'm not, and they can keep their wallet safely kept away, right? They don't need to part with any cash. Um, but, you know, if they're curious to know a bit more, they can attend this mediation taster. It is only a taster, but, you know, we can then have a further conversation if, if they want to, if they've got a dispute, which they, they'd like to resolve, you know, whether it's legally or whether through mediation, they'll get two for the price of one with me. Uh, so I'd, I look forward to hearing from anyone who wants to find out more. Fantastic, Sandy. It's been a real privilege and I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Fascinating conversation. And um, I'm off to uh, speak to my eldest son with uh, arguments about iPads about the word banana. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Sandy. Hey, Gavin here. Great conversation there with Sandy. I just want to recap the key points. So, you know, part of the problems that we're seeing around the increased need for mediation is because there's a loss of tolerance. So Sandy's advice was, first of all, make sure you're listening or listening in order to help people feel that they're understood that their points of view, their feelings are being validated. Then pause, repeat what they've said, you know, you're late or you're not listening or you don't care. And then look to find the root cause and questions such as, 
um, what's at the heart of this? You know, what's this really all about? You know, my version, what's that all about then? All really help to get the root cause. Be focused on your state. You know, is this state I'm in going to help us achieve the outcome? You know, if I'm wound up, if I'm uh, aggressive, frustrated, irritable, is that really going to help create the solution that we're looking for? No. So what state do you need to be in? I need to be calm, open, receptive, curious. There's better states. Uh, conciliatory. And then also be clear about focusing what you do want, not what you don't want. So focus on the solution, on the outcome that you do want to receive. Thank you so much for Sandy Brown for that fascinating conversation about mediation. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.